Hi everyone, I'm Edward Elric, and this is Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I hope you guys all have had a great week. Going into this weekend, I hope it's even more fantastic for you, because it's been a long motherfucking week, and I know I said it last week, and it's been another one. It's been a bit of a long one, a hot one here in upstate New York, and humid hot. Not even fun hot, like, you know, down in hell, the dry heat, I want it bad, or the heat of the sun, because I'm pretty sure it's not that crazy if you get on the sun surface. I bet you the corona outside of the sun is just all an illusion, and it's probably like a fun party. Like, if you've ever seen that commercial for the sunscreen where it's like, it's not just fun in the sun, it's fun on the sun. I'd be about it. I think that was probably an Old Navy commercial. Can't really remember fully, but it was something. But it's been very close here in Rochester. Very, very close. <laughs> so, um, you know, thank you guys for listening. If you are listening for the first time, thank you for listening for the first time. I would like to share with you guys the fact that you can find me on all of the social medias now as Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy or just search at lifestyle gbb that's lifestyle g is in gay b is in black b is in boy you can feel free to interact with the show you can check out some of the artwork i've been posting some of my photography i love that you guys love flowers and i love that flowers just mean so many different things so there's always tons of flowers and me playing around with photos and all kinds of stuff so i hope you like it and if you'd like me to mess around with some of your photos feel free to send them to me i love to try my hand at even editing other people's stuff um you can also contribute to the show with topics you can read me for filth or you can ask for my opinion on something whichever you like feel free to message me directly on the social medias or at my email which is lifestyle gbb at gmail.com that's lifestyle g is in gay b is in black b is in boy at gmail.com and you might have your content read on the show uh so today's episode we should just probably just get right into it um so i am doing this episode differently than i've done all the other episodes first the episode's title is going to be gay black and newsworthy is what I'm going to call this, gay, black, and newsworthy. And it, of course, has to do with the news. Uh, But I didn't know what to do today. You know, sometimes I'll start my process by writing things down or writing out what's going to be my topics that I want to cover. I'll even think about it throughout the week. But this week, it's like my brain said, I'm going on vacation. I am just tired. And you figure it out you and your senses and all the other things that are inside your body, all of the liquor, eggs, and ramen noodles, you guys figure it out today because my brain said I'm taking a break and I'm done. So this actually opened me up to a whole different concept of this podcast and podcasting in a way that I haven't done before. So we're going to see how this works out. You know, if you like it, let me know. If it turns into a complete shit show, that's okay too. It's your fault for listening through it. (laughs) But I call this episode Gay, Black, and Newsworthy because all this week, 
you know, we've all seen it. If you're not here in America and you don't have access to American media, all this week it's just been mass shooting after mass shooting after racist rants and arguments over some of the weirdest things imaginable. And mass shootings are terrible. The rhetoric that's going along with them is even worse. The rampant racism, bigotry, and xenophobia is just out of control. And it can just drive your mind insane. Now, we can't look away from it. We can't hide from it because these things are in our world. And it's important to know the world that's around you. What we can do is make sure that we don't forget all the other pieces of important news that are happening as well. These mass shootings are terrible, and I will never say that they are not important. I'm not going to be focusing on that because there is still other news that is going on in our world that we all need to be kept aware of. And if you listen to the podcast of Gay, Black, and Political, I talked about the distraction politics that we have going on in our country, and it's still continuing. It's not going to stop, but we're going to see where things go. I still have hope that change is on the horizon, and I'm going to hold on to that hope as hard as I can. I'm going to crush Hope's little throat and say, you're not going anywhere, ho. You're staying with me. But one thing that I do want to talk about, and this is, I would say, a monument to hope. So you guys know I always talk about Sudan, well, at least, you know, recently. So Sudan, the military and protest leaders have officially signed a constitutional declaration. Now, this was reported by Al Jazeera. And the Al Jazeera news outlet is amazing. If you haven't looked at Al Jazeera, don't be afraid of it. Some people hear the name Al Jazeera and they automatically think Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and all these things. That is not it. Al Jazeera is a media outlet for the Middle East and they do a lot of reporting things that we don't hear here in North America. So, Sudan's ruling generals and protest leaders have signed a constitutional declaration. It's going to help pave the way for a transition to civilian rule. Uh, The hard-fought agreement did come after a long period of negotiations, and this was following the overthrow of President Omar al-Bashir. Um, And this is also occurring in the wake of mass protests that were going on in Sudan. Now, if you're not familiar with what was going on in Sudan, there were mass protests and lots and lots of civilians were being killed, raped, assaulted, and just flat out murdered by their military. The military ended up staging a coup, took over, and as people were protesting that now the military's in rule, the military said, hey, we don't want to hear that shit. You don't have a right to speak here, and we're going to take over with all the power that we can. So they started crushing protest and civilian uprisings, as they characterize it, with brutal, brutal force. And many people were dying and being killed. People are still dying and being killed. Uh, Recently, last week, I talked about it. Some school-age students, teenagers, were killed because they were protesting the shortages of gas and bread gas and bread, things that we can take for granted. They were protesting because they didn't have those things, things to help them sustain their life. And these kids were killed. So what ended up happening, and this was signed in effect, I want to say on Sunday. I may be incorrect about that. If I am, I hope that you guys still research this on your own. But uh, the African Union and 
Ethiopian mediators met with the civilian protest leaders and the military leaders, and they helped sign this constitution into effect. It's a way for this transitional power team to get the power control away from the military, get it back into the civilian hands, and then have a democratic process of voting rightfully to have electors chosen and going from there. It's hopeful um, that this will bring peace to Sudan. It's very hopeful that Sudan will have the ability to function without all these mass killings and these things that are going on. So I have hope for their region. I am really hoping for it. Now, this military council and civilian council that's being put together is called the Transitional Leadership Council. And with that, the council is going to be made up of some of the former people of the military, and it will also be made up of civilian leaders. Uh, During the signing of the actual constitution that is going to allow this to happen, it took place in Khartoum, which is the capital of Sudan, and it took place in their hall, and there was actually a lot of civility that occurred. I mean, there were military officials and protesters shaking hands, and they were never close to that. Um, The prime minister who was there has appointed the main opposition coalition, the Forces of Freedom and Change. Um, And that's the people who are going to be a part of this coalition. They're expected to be named by August 20th. Um, The Prime Minister himself is going to be tasked to form the government and constitution, I'm sorry, in constellation with this council, the forces of freedom and change is what they're calling themselves. Um, And the defense and the interior ministers will be appointed by the military council. So essentially what that means is the civilians who will be a part of it, they are going to be named in the ceremony. And then the minister of the interior and defense is going to be the person to name the people who will be a part of the military on this council. So hopefully it'll root out any corruption that could be there. And the people who were in the military who were doing all these atrocious acts of murder, violence, and just just craziness, um, they are going to be prosecuted. And it will hopefully be a quick and speedy trial from what has been reported. So I do hope uh, that this is going to go good. Um, The country itself, Sudan, was in a media blackout for quite some time. So now that the media blackout has been lifted, we're starting to see a lot more of this information coming out and we're getting to see what really happened during this military blackout. Um, I do suggest that if you get a chance, look up Al Jazeera, check out other news agencies the BBC has been reporting. Um, We don't really see it in mainstream American media like CNN, ABC, Fox News, those outlets, you don't see it because our media kind of treats the situation as that's them over there and not us over here. Um, So if you get a chance, please check it out. There's a lot of information. Um, I posted on my page on the social medias ways to donate um, some of the news stories themselves, the World um, UNESCO Fund and 
world relief funds and a lot of humanitarian efforts are still in place because there are still parts of Sudan where people are still being killed. There's shortages of food, supplies, everything. And if you do want to donate, there are multiple ways to donate. Um, if I haven't seen them recently, but if you see on Instagram, there was the blue tile that was being posted for Sudan, even doing something like that, just mentioning it to a friend, a friend of the family, anybody, and just opening people's eyes to what's going on can be something that is very, very helpful and useful to the people who are going through this. So that's my little portion on Sudan. I want to share that with you guys because there is hope on the horizon there. Um, I, I just hope it gets better. <clears throat> Speaking of other things that are happening in the world, and I just learned about this today um, because I hadn't paid attention to the other parts of the world myself, and Kashmir. Um, Kashmir is a country that's in India. And Kashmir, what is going on right now is they are now experiencing a military lockdown and a media blackout. Um, Kashmir is a Middle East region. It is being controlled. I'm sorry, not Middle East, Indian region. Um, It is under Indian control at this time. And it's left a lot of people without the ability to communicate with the outside world. The blackout that they are having right now is not only just news outlets, it's involving social media, cell phones, communication that are written, radio broadcasts, a lot of things have been shut down. Now, as this has been shut down, New Delhi has ordered military troops ordered into the region of Kashmir, which is a sign something is going to be happening and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a good amount of violence that is going to occur. Whenever regions like this that have been stabilized and a large amount of military move in when it already has an influx of military there, some kind of crackdown is about to happen. And the fact that there's a media blackout now means that something is going to be hidden from the world or at least attempt to be hidden from the world. Um, this kind of conflict is not new for Kashmir. Um, Kashmir has had periodic conflict and strife over the last 70-year period. Um, the startup of this recent conflict is actually occurring because of something that's occurred with their constitution. So, Article 370, 370 was recently revoked from the Indian constitution. Article 370 gave the state of Kashmir and Jammu, I hope I'm saying that right, or is it Juma? If somebody knows, please correct me. I don't want to say it wrong. But Article 370 in the Indian Constitution gave them broad autonomy of setting their own laws for their state. Now that that article has been revoked, Indian control is coming in and saying, we're going to set the laws. This is what it's going to be. And there is no way you can protest us. You can't stop it because this is what we're going to do. Now, there are more things that are happening in Kashmir. And as I'm just getting abreast of the situation, I can't speak fully on the situation, but I can say that this is a pattern of control that has happened over and over again as sometimes dictatorships come in or military rule is brought in. They don't want people to see the civil unrest that is going to occur in the country because, of course, when you see 
men, women, and children dying, then people are going to start acting. So it's easier to keep a wrap on it by blacking out the media, cutting off outside communication, and just getting it done. It's a scary, scary thing. It does happen. And the way that we can raise awareness about it is by talking about it. Um, You know, I ask that you guys always share this podcast if you do like listening to it, rate it so it becomes more prevalent on timelines and uh, the distribution websites that's on the apps that it's on because I just want people to know what's going on. You know, we do have access to this information here in America. Uh, We have the ability to search for things. We have the ability to bring up certain news articles, certain media But that could all change, and it could change because if you look at what's going on in the world, just because it isn't happening here doesn't mean it can't happen here. Now, I bring that up because I was listening to The Breakfast Club yesterday. I was listening to their podcast, and it was an interview, and there was Tamika Mallory, my son, and Reverend Kirsten Jordan Boy, I, I hope I didn't say your name wrong. Um, but they were on The Breakfast Club and they were talking about situations that are happening here in America. One prevalent one is Officer Pantaleo, who is a New York City officer who killed Eric Garner um, by a chokehold in the street. They went and fired. And There are people who have been very vocal about this movement, and it's something that needs to happen. If you're not familiar with the killing of Eric Garner, um, he was killed because he was supposedly selling cigarettes in front of a store on the street, and the officer Pantaleo, who killed him, took him down with a chokehold. This chokehold is illegal by the New York City Police Department, and when he took him down, Eric Garner was saying he could not breathe. He's saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He said it 11 times and he died. He died. And when he died, Pantaleo, the officer who did this, was not fired, um, has now been, I guess you could say, acquitted of the charges that were going to be brought against him in a case. And he's back. He's never left the force. I think they put him on desk duty. I mean, that's pretty cushy. You get put on desk duty after you kill somebody in the street. But the protest has never stopped. And Tamika Mallory and my son and Reverend Froy, who were on the Breakfast Cup, they did talk about this. Now, one thing to take note of, and it's one thing that they brought up, during this recent protest that they had. Well, I can't even say it's a protest, but you'll see the videos when um, Pantaleo is still on the force. There's a New York City, I want to say he's a police chief. He was on television and he was condemning a judge who said that Pantaleo should be fired. He should not be on the force anymore. And the way he's talking about this judge who said that, he's saying she doesn't know the law, she has no idea, and This police chief is just condemning everything the judge said. Now, the judge, she knows the law. I mean, she's a judge. It's her job. She's required to know the law. If a judge is recommending that an officer is to be fired because of this, I'm going to call it murder. They may classify it as misconduct. He murdered this man in the street. 
then something needs to be done if a judge is saying this. And the rhetoric that we're starting to hear and see more and more is people who are in the situations where they have power, like a police captain, sergeant, chief, military, people who are holding guns and this excessive force. That's how we get into these situations like Kashmir and Sudan, where people who hold the ballistic power to cause unrest are the ones who are saying that the people who have been elected and elected officials don't know what they're doing. Now, that's all speculation on my end. I'm not going to throw out some conspiracy theory that says the police are going to take over and all of a sudden we're going to have a police state that's brought in with military and all these things. No, because I don't know if that's going to happen. There is a possibility that it could happen. But the fact that we're seeing this rhetoric more and more and more and it's becoming from elected officials or officials who are in charge of some uh, institutions that are supposed to be meant for our safety is incredibly concerning. Incredibly concerning. Uh, I don't know where I was going with this and I apologize if I just went on a rant. Uh, you know, I actually don't apologize. Uh, but when I was listening to this interview and they were bringing it up, immediately I thought, whoa, I had never put the scenario into place. You know, we see these things on the news so often that it's kind of just become desensitizing uh, or we are desensitized to it and it's just weird it's weird to see it's weird to hear because inside we all have to know that this is not right civilly we know that this is an issue when it comes to the values that are supposed to be in place for america so i hope the conversation continues and we keep it going uh another part of the interview that they did bring up and this was about individual one being ousted from the White House. If it does happen, which I have hope that individual one will not be reelected, individual one may not want to leave the White House. And if individual one does not want to leave the White House, there's moves that have been made that have not been widely reported in the national media that could possibly keep him in power. So the Constitution is what gives us the presidential term limits and how four years plus one possible addition of four years is the length of a term for the president. It would take a constitutional amendment to get rid of that. And that determination, the president would need the House, they would need judges, and they would need people to vote on this. Now, Individual One has put multiple judges in place, I think about 12 alone in the past month, that really haven't been reported. The Supreme Court, of course, is now majority Republican. The House is going to be Republican. So if he gets enough votes, there could be a constitutional amendment. And then who knows what could turn into. I mean, we're already a fascist state. Our government is fascism. We live in a fascist country. So it's not too far down the road to becoming a dictatorship. This is the path that we're on. And it's brought up in greater detail in this Breakfast Club interview. And I suggest that everybody who's listening to this listens to that interview. Um, I don't remember the name of the podcast episode, but it says it right in the details. And I'll make sure to tag it in the uh description for this episode that Tamika Mallory, Reverend Foy, 
and my son are the people who are featured on this podcast. I would say to check it out because it blew my mind wide open and I considered myself pretty woke on some situations, but this was a whole nother level and it slapped me right in the face to say, maybe I am woke from some things that I know, but it's time to keep researching more. Um, and I, it, I suggest that if you're listening to this, research the things that I say. Don't just take it at face value because I'm not the end all be all and I don't have the ability to talk about everything. So I would just say do that. I mean, what do you have to lose? By getting knowledge, you really have nothing to lose. I think it's a great thing to do. So I don't know where I was going with that. I hope the information is out there and it touches somebody in a way that maybe you needed to hear. Um, And like I said, with this, there is no map to this episode and I'm kind of liking it. Uh, What I'm going to do though, I'm going to take a little break and you'll get a message from sponsors and I will be back. So enjoy. All right, guys, we're back and I've got a little more news that I want to talk about. Now, this next thing I want to talk about, this is affecting everybody globally. It is not something that is just confined to one space, one country or one area of the world. And this has to do with climate change, Um, climate change, global warming, rising temperatures, 2012, um, the Mayan apocalypse, uh, you know, it goes by so many names. I can, you know what, just call it the world throwing a fit in a way. That's kind of what it is. You know, our environment is constantly changing and it is not changing for the better. So on Thursday, uh, the United Nations scientists have said that eating less meat and reducing food waste could slash our global emissions and benefit our health and the environment all at once. Um, An intergovernmental panel on climate change published a report that says humans affect about 70% of free land, I'm sorry, of ice-free land on the earth. And the panel previously concluded that changing our diets could contribute 20% of the effort needed to keep global temperatures from rising 2 degrees Celsius above our pre-industrial levels. Now, 2 degrees doesn't sound like much. It is actually a lot when it comes to the warming of the world and the weather changes that we have. Already this week, it's predicted that hurricane season is going to be much worse than it has been reported in the past, probably in the history of the world. Um, We're seeing a lot of different weather patterns and changes that we have not ever seen in recorded history. I talked about it, I want to say it was maybe three weeks ago, about uh, Alaska getting a 90 degree day. 90 degrees. It's like huge. I mean, Alaska, I always thought Alaska was maybe a good 20 degrees on a nice warm day, you know. 
In Alaska, I imagine that you're walking around with space heaters inside your clothing. And then when you get in the house, you just set the whole room on fire. Where it's like, okay, now it's finally room temperature in here. Let's take off this outer layer of well blubber or something. That's what I always thought Antarctica, Alaska was. I'm like, it's got to be cold there all the time. And it's not. They Alaska does have seasons. It It does. But as the climate is changing, things are happening there that we have never seen before. There's fires that can be seen from space. Wildfires. The emissions are so massive, you can see them from the International Space Station. Something that has never happened in recorded history. This is also happening in Russia, close to Siberia, one of the coldest places where humans live. This is happening where they're having a nice little summer day. I mean, you want to go to the beach in Siberia, you might have a chance soon. It could be something like, oh, summer vacation, Cancun, what? We're going to Siberia. Pack your suntan lotion. That right there is fun on the sun, not in the sun. But uh, with the changes that are happening in the world, and we're seeing all these things happening, the United Nations, um, UNESCO, a lot of foundations and think tanks to stop climate change have been releasing reports about what is going on. Now, our consumption of meat and our food waste just here alone in America is massive. Um, Food waste alone is going to be producing about 8-10% of our contribution to global warming slash climate change. Um, Livestock that we have contributes about 14.5% of what we contribute to the environment and global warming. Um, It's just partly because raising animals, you're going to release a lot of emissions of greenhouse gases. And then when we waste food, it does this exact same thing. So the United Nations is supporting a plant-based diet, a vegan diet, if you want to call it that. And I have to tell you guys, being vegan is not bad. It is very, very good. And for my gay boys who are listening out there, you want to know the best thing about being vegan is you are ready to bottom all the time. It makes it very easy to get the cleanup going and you're just like, squirt, squirt, squirt. It's time to go. No chocolate checks during the coitus. I'm just saying, that's one benefit that's out there. And the other part of it, when you go to brunch, you can be like, oh, well, I am vegan and I only eat roasted carrots and egg substitute. Now, I don't know what gay out there talks like that other than me, because when I go to brunch, I do that when I'm practicing veganism. Right now, I am con-vegan, which means I am vegan when it's convenient for me. But I will be switching to a 100% vegan diet starting next Monday, not this coming Monday. I still have some meats in my refrigerator that I need to get rid of. And I'm not going to throw them away. I shall be eating them. So we're going to see how it goes. Of course, I'll keep you guys in the loop and we'll go from there. But bottoms, keep that in mind. I'm just saying... Think how much easier it would be for you. So 
with the things that are happening with climate change and what's being our effect on nature. Just by us here in America doing these things to help reduce our emissions that contribute to global warming, this could stop or at least slow some of the alarming changes that we're seeing. Now you hear about ice melting in the Arctic, glaciers melting all around the world, all these things. One thing that I can say is that as it gets warmer, if you hate mosquitoes, you're going to hate life more. Because as the ice in the world melts, temperatures start to rise everywhere. As the temperature rises, that leads to a longer life cycle for mosquitoes and other little creepy crawlies and annoying flying bugs that you don't want to deal with. And, you know, I mean, we had Zika and all those things going on around. So if you don't want that because Zika is not cute and it does not go away with the tan... You may want to switch what you're doing. The other parts of what the United Nations did promote as a part of having a plant-based diet, it will help with a lot of things as far as diabetes, heart disease, obesity, I'm sorry, obesity, and all these other things that can happen. If you are interested, give it a chance, give it a choice. I will tell you now, do not go to PETA's website. I... Do not support PETA's uh, campaign for vegans. The reason why I don't support it is because it's more of a scare tactic as opposed to actually just giving good educational informational material. If you go to PETA's website, they're just going to show you slain animals, horrible games that are not meant for children, even though they say, hey, have your kids play this as opposed to playing this. No. PETA to me is a very biased source. Um, Do your own research. If you end up going to PETA, go to PETA. But do your own research before you fall into their scare tactics. So, another benefit of us ending some of these global emissions and our contribution to them is the price of products and things will go down. It really will. Reducing our emissions gives us a chance to produce more efficient ways of production. The more efficiently something is produced, the less it costs us. And yes, if you're here in America and you saw the whole China tariff war that's going on between individual one and China, I was quite upset about that because my price of shoes is going to rise based on these tariffs. And I do not want to pay more for something that I've been paying a well-established price on. (laughs) So I I know I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent here. Um, If you do want to look into some of the things that the United Nations has produced on this global emissions scale that the Americans are on and we're switching to a plant-based diet. You can always go to the United Nations website. Honestly, if you just go to Google and type in United Nations, you'll get all the information that you can process. It's just loads of information with some great things. And if you go through the United Nations, typically it is not biased material. But again, like I will say, research, 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 because just going through one surf and just one source and just believing one source can lead you down a rabbit hole that you don't want to get into. All right. So this next news article that I saw has thoroughly, I'm not going to lie, thoroughly pissed me off. 
I love art. I love museums. I love seeing history. And a museum has let me down. This is not the first time that it's happened. But this is one that just when I read the story, I was like, are you kidding me? So in Belgium, they have the Africa Museum. If you have not heard about this on Google or whatever searches you use, just type in Belgium's Africa Museum. So what happened here is the African Museum in Belgium threw a party. And for the party, they had a theme to the party. So the party was thrown by this group called the Desant. And I'm hoping I'm saying that right. But actually, I really don't give a damn if I'm saying it right. Because fuck you guys. So the Desant was throwing a party or an event there at the museum. And the theme was African themed. And it had a dress code of the Sop, Colorful, Wakanda, Future African. And this is on their Facebook uh, page. If you want to find the Desant, it's T-H-E-D-A-N-S-A-N-T. So the Desant threw this event and partygoers came to this event. And when they arrived, they were in blackface wearing colonial style clothing. I'm just going to let this sink in. This is a party at the Africa Museum and partygoers showed up in blackface and colonial style clothing. <sighs> now, the Desant the Desant said that this is not what they wanted. I'm paraphrasing and they gave some bullshit ass apology about people coming to this party dressed in blackface and colonial African clothing. I'm going to steal a line. Dear white people, how many times do you need to be reminded that blackface is never appropriate even at an African-themed party? Is never appropriate. Never, never, never appropriate. So I saw some of the pictures from this party and it just looked stupid. These people, I can't believe that they thought that this would be okay. And the Desant, they had a statement and they gave their statement to CNN and they said, we're sorry for some of the people that were absent and took the dress code in a negative way. As an organization, we never, I'm sorry, we neither stand behind the one person that painted his face black, but this person does not represent the whole event. Now, the reason why that apology is full of shit of the bull is the Desant posted the picture on their own Facebook page. That means one of the people who works for this group saw, as they put it, this one man, but from what I saw in the picture, there were more than just one person who was dressed inappropriately for this event. And they posted it on their page. You can't be that sorry and say that this doesn't represent your page when this man in blackface is front and fucking center. 
So, the company is insisting that all of their visitors from African origin were proud on Sunday when they saw these people in blackface. And they said everybody interpreted the dress code in their own way. And they're like, oh, well, 50% of the DJs who were here were from Africa or were of African origin. Another problem, another problem right there. So they said that Africans or people who are of African origin were there, but they were working. They were DJs as these people in blackface were there to party and enjoy their time. They also added that there were lots of Africans who all felt positive about the event. I am very sure that Africans were not happy about blackface because all of us who are African-American, African who are black, once you see somebody in blackface, it automatically goes back to racism and menstrual shows. If you don't know what a menstrual show is, I suggest that you research it. A menstrual show is something that if you are black will clearly piss you off. So the museum then apologized for the mishandling of the situation. And in a more remorseful statement that they posted on Instagram that you can find, they talk about being sorry about what happened and that this does not represent the ideas of the African Museum. Now, the museum waited all this time to make a statement and they wanted to apologize. I don't believe the museum's apology either. You had to approve this event to be held at your museum. You had to see the pictures of this event being held at your museum. All museums have the right to stop the publishing and activities of things that can go on in their museum. You allowed this to happen at the museum that is supposed to be for African heritage and history. You failed. You failed. You failed. You failed. There is no Wakanda forever at this event. There is bigotry, racism, and hatred forever at this event. So, Belgian Museum of Africa, fuck you. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I even know how else to say it. It's terrible to see that crap. (sighs) I don't know. I didn't have anything funny to go with that because it really wasn't a funny story. It was just something that I saw and I'm like, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. And the fact that people are still this blissfully ignorant about their things that they do, and I'm not even going to give you ignorance, because ignorance means that you just were not educated. This is just you not caring about anybody and just feeling you should be able to do whatever you want to do in this space because you walked into it and you said, I'm here to wear blackface. Now, I don't want people to think that this is just an attack on white people because it's not. I have always subscribed to the belief that there are people who are white in this world and there are people who happen to be white. The people who happen to be white, you are understanding, you know about what privilege is, you get that this world and a lot of this world is catered to you. Not saying that you are a bad person, but you understand that there are humongous and massive differences in the way you and I would be treated in the exact same public space based on how we look. People who are just white people just say, oh, I don't care. I'm going to stand up in my racism and bigotry. I'm just going to come in here with some blackface on and be this happy dancing nigger walking around the street. 
And then as soon as one black person, somebody like me says, hey, this isn't okay. They turn around and say, well, I don't understand what you're mad about. You shut your little nigger mouth. We gave you health care or we gave you a pencil to write with. No, this is not okay. I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. It's not okay. <sighs> I'm tired of seeing this crap and I hope that it ends sometime in my lifetime. I don't think it will, but I'm going to keep that hope alive and keep talking about it because the more we talk about it, the more awareness it brings. And yes, it is okay to shame these people. Shame them, shame them, shame them. If I could walk down the street with a bell saying shame, 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 I would because it's a shame how you behave. All right. (laughs) So... On a lighter note, the next story that I have to share, this is one that interested me because it had to do with Chernobyl. If you're not familiar with what Chernobyl is, Chernobyl is a region in Russia where there was a massive nuclear explosion at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant that caused thousands of deaths. Uh, Tons of areas that are unlivable. I want to say it's almost like a hundred mile radius or something. I'm probably underestimating it. And it's still radioactive and will no longer be radioactive after 24,000 years. And that's just the half-life of some of the particles that were released from the reactor during the explosion. But it was in the news recently, and this was the 8th that this uh, report was actually released. Scientists have made vodka from things that have been found in Chernobyl's exclusion zone, and they say it's safe to drink. Now, the exclusion zone is the area around Chernobyl that is still radioactive, and people are not allowed to be in. Uh, The vodka that was made, it's an artesian vodka, um, and it's being produced with ingredients from the Chernobyl exclusion zone, and the scientists from the University of Portsmouth created it and they call it Atomic. A-T-O-M-I-K. The name itself is a little troubling for me because I mean Atomic relates to atomic bomb and the Chernobyl reactor essentially turned into a radioactive atomic bomb when it exploded. So, you know, that's already a little touchy there. But they say that the spirit, the vodka, was made with grains and water from the exclusion zone. It was the It is the first consumer product to come from the area around the abandoned nuclear power plant. Um, The site itself is considered the world's worst nuclear disaster and resulted in thousands of deaths, as I said. And in 1986, that's when the explosion occurred and it ended up killing 31 people in that instant when the explosion happened and then millions were exposed to dangerous radiations levels and a lot of them ended up dying or with long-term health problems and it's estimated this affected about 200,000 people. Um, One of the closest towns to the site, Pripyat, had to be evacuated and a 19-mile radius exclusion zone was established. The team of scientists who were from Portsmouth and Ukraine, they said they brewed the vodka as a part of a three-year research project. 
and they wanted to see if the transfer of radioactivity to crops grown in the region were still the same or were they healthy. And there you go. Now, this is just troubling to me. And it's troubling in a funny way because anybody who buys this, I've got some news for you. Not only are you going to get your vodka on the rocks, you're going to get it with some plutonium in it. You're going to have a cute little dose of radiation in there. It might even glow. Who knows? It could ionize the vodka. And you'll have like a nice little growing drink. It'll be an incredible honk without the honk. I mean, you're going to drink it and wither away to nothing, but at least you can say you drunk it. You know, I could imagine going to a bar and saying, hey, can I get a glass of Atomic? And they're like, oh, what's Atomic? Oh, it's that glowing bottle over there. And, you know, then the bartender walks over and is like, oh, I need some lead-covered gloves to pour this drink. And you just gladly just drink it, and then you're glowing the rest of the night. You might take some people home. You might have a little bit of fun. Um, You don't have to worry about shaving anymore or combing your hair or even trimming up your edge up because your hair is probably going to fall out. That's okay. Um, You'll always have a new layer of skin because your old existing layer is probably going to decay. But, you know, the scientists say that it is safe to drink this vodka. Now, I just don't know if I could do that. I just can't see myself getting a vodka spritzer in radiation. I just feel like that's just a little too much for me. And I get the feeling that the radiation is probably going to make this vodka even drier. And if you're familiar with a dry liquor, it's like somebody punched you in the throat and then told you to swallow sand. No fun. (laughs) Just no fun. You might as well go and eat Triscuits. And if you have ever had a Triscuit, you might as well just lick the bottom of a broom. It is the grossest texture in the world. And I imagine that this vodka is a liquid Triscuit. It is just going to taste like you just lick the dirt and then try to swallow a piece of hay to clear your throat. Ugh. But, I mean, hey, if scientists say that it's okay to drink, I guess it could be okay to drink. And just know that if you don't happen to make it past the first shot, you were not a horrible person. It doesn't mean you couldn't hold your liquor. It's just that the liquor couldn't be consumed. That's all it was. You know, I mean, radioactive, spadioactive. We'll go with that term. (laughs) So those are the news stories that I did want to share with you guys that I just had looked at over the week. I hope it gives you a little bit of relief from seeing the constant racist rhetoric and politicians fighting to call individual one a racist, which again, Democrats who are going to be running for president, it is already well established that individual one is a racist, a bigot, a xenophobe, and he posts stupid shit on Twitter. We all know it. Can you please just start focusing on your policies and your strategies? Marianne Williamson, you are amazing. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, amazing. Start talking about the policies that you want to put into place more. That is what I want to hear. I don't want to hear the obvious that we all know. It's well established. We know he's a criminal. Impeachment just does not look look like it's going to happen. So please tell us your policies. All right. So the last thing that I want to talk about 
And this is gonna be through my looking glass of some shit that happened recently. So recently I went out to the bar and was having a great little night at the bar, enjoying myself, throw on a cute little outfit, some little like uh, booty shorts and I wanna say 10 inch wedges and going out and having fun. It was a fun night and it was hot boy summer and we're gonna call it a hot boy summer because I like the hot girls have a summer. So hot boys, we're gonna have a little bit of summer too. Now, when you go to the bar, especially like a little scene bar or a little leather bar or something, sometimes you're going to pick up something and take them home. And you know what? It's a huge ego boost to me to know that I still got it. I can go out and someone's like, oh, hey, I want to take you home because you're hot. And maybe we're having like a little just drunken trickle X throwdown. It's fun. It can be a lot of fun. So this recent experience, um, I was at the bar. This guy ends up, you know, hitting on me wants to kiss and make out and all this crap and I'm like okay well you know what I guess I can entertain it and you know I had gotten stood up earlier that day so I was ready and prepared to have a good good tables ladder and chairs match um when me and individual came back to my apartment I could tell he was a bit inebriated I wasn't that inebriated. I didn't really drink that much. But I was like, okay, this could still be fun. Let's kiss. Let's make out. Let's see what happens here. So we're getting into the heat of things. And it's not going well. But it wasn't unfun. (laughs) If that's the way I can put it. You know, it was... The excitement and joy you get when you screw in a light bulb, that's kind of the amount of fun I was having. You know, you finally get it in the ridges and it's just starting to screw in and you're like, oh, okay, something's happening here. Here it goes. This isn't bad. And maybe you forgot to turn off the switch when you put in the light bulb. So it starts to flicker and you're like, oh shit, there's light coming through. So as we're getting ready for the main course in this, delightful tables, ladders, and chairs, steak, and onions on top of good china match. It's over. It's over. I I got no gratification out of this. It's over. Oh boy, it's like, oh, I I came. (sighs) Now, I was already thoroughly disappointed when that, 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 that was said. Because there was just nothing. I mean, I hadn't even gotten out of neutral. And he had already hit drive, saw a parking space, parallel parked, and he was done. Now, it didn't park in my space because he never made it. Never made it. And you know, we're not even going to say he parallel parked. He didn't even make it into the damn driveway. The car ran out of gas in the middle of the street. That's what happened. So I'm like, well, okay. So, you know, I'm just annoyed at this point. Throw my clothes on. And I'm like, okay, it's time for you to go. So he's like, oh, okay, I got to call an Uber. Okay, called your Uber. Okay, it's time for you to go. Well, my Uber's not here, so can we just fool around somewhere? I'm like, no, I'm ready to go to bed. It's time for you to go. Oh, but come on, come on. No, I'm ready to go. And this exchange occurred for about 30 seconds until I was like, I told you to get the fuck out of my apartment it's time for you to go. 
you have your clothes on, get your shit up and go. And this knuckle-dragging bastard had the nerve to say, no, I don't want to go because I still have time before my Uber gets here so we can still have some more fun. No, 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 no. One thing that I just have to lay out right now is that this is my space. This is the space that I live in and this is my place. You were invited here as an act of courtesy because I thought you would be able to deliver a tables, ladders, and chairs, hardcore smackdown match, last band standing situation. And all you gave me was the first firework at the entrance of a WWE show. And if you are not familiar with what a WWE show is, let's take it to TV. If this whole situation was a TV show, you got to the first name in the opening credits and then it was over. Gone. Golden Girls, they didn't make it past thank you in the theme song. They did not even get to being a friend. You didn't see B. Arthur on the screen. There was nothing. So when I'm telling you It's time to go because the activity that we were going to do is ended because you cannot perform correctly. That means you get your shit and you get the fuck out. One, because I told you to. Two, because you're in my space. And three, because I fucking told you to. If you don't understand that, then that means you probably need to go back to school, pick up a dictionary, and look for the term of ownership and get out. It'll tell you very clearly. Now, one thing that pisses me off so much is when I tell somebody who is in my space through my invite to leave and they don't leave. It's like you coming to me and saying, hey, can I use your cell phone charger? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm using it. And then you turn and say, well, what percentage is your phone on? And then I look up at you and I'm like, it doesn't fucking matter what percent my phone is on. It's my goddamn charger. It's my goddamn phone. And quite frankly, I'm using my goddamn electricity to charge the bitch. Really? Really? I mean, how would you feel if I came up to you and said, hey, can I put on your shoes? You know, this whole road out here is covered in glass and I want some shoes to put on. And then you look at me and say, but I'm wearing them. But then I look at you and say, but I have feet too, so give me your shoes. Would you give me your shoes? I doubt it. I really doubt it. Unless you had like some aggressive foot virus or some shit. I don't think you'd take off your shoes and give them to me. So why the fuck do you ask me, oh, why do I have to leave? Or no, I'm not leaving. When I tell you this this is my apartment, this is my space, and you already know this. Makes no sense. I mean... If you come over and we're hanging out and we actually get to the point that we're about to have a super soaker fight or we're going to play laser tag, great, great. I'm not just going to kick you out naked without your clothes on. I'm going to let you put your clothes on. I'm going to get you a to-go bag. And in this to-go bag, it will be a Ziploc bag with some wet wipes. I'll throw in some travel size mouthwash. I'll even give you one of those toothbrushes that you don't need water to use. Maybe I'll even take a sample cologne packet out of Vogue magazine for you. Throw it in there so you can go along your way as you're walking towards the front door of my apartment building. Give yourself a little bird bath, get in your Uber or your car, and be prepared to either go back to the bar or go home. I will do that because I am a gracious host because you came over here and gave me the game of Call of Duty that I have been wanting to play for a while. 
that is the extent of my kindness. But if you can't respect that, then that means you're not ready to play this game. And if you don't get it, and then I get mad, and I just say, get the fuck out, and now you can't brush your teeth with this amazing waterless toothbrush, you gotta go back to the bar smelling like you just had your lips on my puss. It smells like Chanel, so I mean, it's not a bad, yeah, it's not a bad thing, but, you know, figure it the fuck out, boys. Figure it out. Sir, you're a fuck boy, just so you know. (laughs) But I'm done. I'm done. There's nothing else to say there. (laughs) So guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy. If you like it, please share and like it or give me a rating. If you're on Apple, give me a rating. Um, Share it with your friends, your family, your dog. You have the cheese that's sitting in your refrigerator or even the broccoli that you are putting in your mouth right now. And if it happens to be maybe seven years away from when this was originally posted, uh, you know, tag me in it. Um, If I haven't gotten to a dementia state at that point, I may laugh at this because I haven't listened to it myself yet. Uh, But you guys, thank you for listening, and I truly appreciate it. Uh, You know, I always say this would not be able to happen without you guys listening. And I want to thank Spotify for sponsoring me. This has been a fun, fun experience. If you do want to contribute to the show, of course, you can do that through the social medias. Just look for Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy on every social media platform or look for Lifestyle GBB and you'll find me that way. That's Lifestyle G's and Gay, B as in Black, B as in Boy, and you will find me on the social medias. Feel free to DM me because I know how to check a DM now and I know how to do a retweet. So take that, youngins. Also, you can email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy at gmail.com. And if you want to be kept anonymous, I will keep you so anonymous. People won't even know who you are. Russia won't even be able to find you, even though there's probably a video of fellatio between Putin and Trump. I have to say, I would have paid to see that. It, it could be interesting. Um... But if you would like to also leave me a voice message, if you are listening on Anchor, if you're using the Anchor app, you can send me a voice message and I can play it on the show. If you're cursing me out, I might even play that too because I could go for a little laugh. I'll throw on a green shirt for it. But I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you enjoy this beautiful weather. I hope that you guys have tons of fun and don't forget to research, excuse me, don't forget to research, research, and research. It never hurts. I'll use a quote that came from the show Chernobyl on HBO. Trust, but verify. It's a Russian quote. I don't like Russia to the point of interfering with our elections, but trust, but verify. All right, guys, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later.